You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, people? Welcome to the House and Grouse Show. As usual, I'm your host, Jacob Painting, creator of the House and Grouse Timberwolves newsletter. And this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopers and SB Nation. Today's show, I'm back with Cooper Carlson to take a broader look at all things Timberwolves. We talk about Anthony Edwards' all star candidacy. We talk about the backup big situation with Nas Reed, Luca Garza, and Nate Knight. We have a little tiny peek into the trade deadline and what that could mean for D'Angelo Russell, which is a pretty popular subject at the moment, but we kind of give our take on that. And we just talk Timberwolves in general, the Raptors game, the Rockets game of the last few nights. So yeah, please enjoy this conversation. It's with Cooper from the Timberwolves Daily YouTube channel. You'll hear him mention that at the start of this podcast and throughout. He will lead the conversation because it is going on his YouTube channel as well. So if you are into YouTube stuff, if you like to watch post-game shows during the week, all that kind of good stuff on YouTube, then please head over and subscribe to Timberwolves Daily on YouTube. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy this episode. All right, hello and welcome Timberwolves Daily YouTube channel. We're here back with Jake Painting. It's been a little while since we've talked last, and the Wolves are probably about where they were last time, 500. Fighting for that sixth seed, you know, miss the play-in game. Fresh off a Houston Rockets win. We're actually recording this just after the win, 10 p.m. Central. Jake, how you doing? How you been hanging in there with these Wolves? It's been good. Shout out your work this season. Uh, yeah, I've been doing good. I'm happy to to be back on the show. Obviously, I, I love catching up with you and more probably more than I love uh, watching Timberwolves basketball on a night-to-night basis because it's pretty stressful at times and some other times it's, it's, it's really fun, but we kind of rotate between those two emotions pretty frequently. But I, as you said, um, I run a website, a newsletter, House and Browse, and it is a Timberwolves newsletter dedicated only to the Timberwolves, obviously. And yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot more work this year. I'm, I'm working in my day job a lot less because it's going pretty well. So if you want to check it out, I do a lot of uh, do player ratings after every game, a lot of um, X's and O's breakdowns, deep dives into stuff, and a little bit of video work lately, which is kind of not quite my forte, but but trying to dive into that realm a little bit deeper. So yeah, housandgrowls.substack.com. Uh, you can head over there and check that out. Or my podcast is the, the Kane of Supers podcast. So you can have a look at that. I do post-game stuff over there as well. So yeah, I'm pretty busy at the moment, but I'm happy to kind of carve out some time here and, and have a chat with you about the Wolves. Wonderful. And yeah, I'll put the Substack link in the description. You can check it out there. And tonight was a fun game where you got to kind of balance like 
the fun aspect of it. You know, Ant 44 points, Nate Knight just 19 and just going crazy. A lot of fun. But then also not the most professional, well-put-together game. The yeah. first half was a mess. So it's, you know, the balance of have, enjoying the heck out of the game while also still realizing a lot went wrong here. If Edwards even scores, like, 35, this might be a different result. <laughs> so he had to really go off. Team had to play pretty well around him in the second half. Like, the first half was just, it was rough. I mean, tonight, we'll start just on tonight, but... I guess, were you more encouraged or discouraged by the game? Like, it was a win, but mm. not the best win. Not even close. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be encouraged by the game. I also think that overcoming low-energy performances is big for this team because, I mean, it would be ideal if they just didn't have those low-energy performances in the first place against bad teams, but... I think we've come to know by now, even last season in a season that we kind of romanticize a lot, they had this same problem of playing right. down to, to their competition. So I do think that overcoming those games and getting away with wins is important because at the end of the day, that's all that matters mm-hmm. at the moment is, is getting wins. But on the other hand, like it was just really low energy and was it was kind of hard to watch for most of the night. And as you said, if you don't have a pretty historical Anthony Edwards performance, then you lose to the 10 and 35 Houston Rockets. So like that's, that really can't be spun as a positive, but also, like I said, they get away with the win. They had some really good performances and it's probably weirder than ever to dissect this game because that was super fun. Like the second (laughs) half of that game was really fun. It was discouraging and really fun at the same time. So it was just a weird night. Yeah, absolutely with you. And of course, led by Anthony Edwards, who he's been on kind of a tour the last couple games. He hasn't been shooting all that well, but, you know, season wide, especially since the cat injury, he's been taken off and it's into the point now where we're at all star talks and Ant's name. I mean, I've been saying it. He's not just putting up statistical like type season, but he's just the type of personality you want in the all star game. Yeah, he's a ton of fun. I think he absolutely deserves it. Who knows if he ends up there? I I think he I think he will at this point, but maybe you think differently. Either way, he has been on a tear. I guess what have you seen specifically from Ants over the last let's go month or so, really just from the new year that he's you know point Ants really taken off. That storyline's been created and just the development year three Ants team like it's been super encouraging. I think we talked when we talked last. It was kind of at the beginning of this all. And he's just he's sustaining that elite level play. So, yeah, super encouraging. And again, I want to see what it all looks like with the team healthy, but pipe dream at this point. So your thoughts on just Ant's performance over the last month or so. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. 
Adidas. Consistency is the thing that I go back to uh, and even compared to his last season and his rookie season, which were always really encouraging. I think we knew that Anthony Edwards was probably going to be a star from, you know, the second half of his rookie season. But the difference lately is that it's every night consistency. And even when he starts a, starts poorly in a game or he has a stretch where he you know, misses five or six shots, he doesn't remove himself from the offense. They don't remove him from the offense, the coaching staff and the other players on the court. He just feels like driven to dominate every single game. And that's the biggest difference for him. And that's why he probably should be an all-star because it, it didn't feel right to make him an all-star last season when he was having... 40-point nights and then 9-point nights the game after. So now it's every night. He's going to give you 25 every night. He's going to be the best player on the court for the Timberwolves pretty much every night. And that is, to me, what makes an all-star is that you do it every single night. You do it every single game. Even when you are having a bad game, you can find a way to kind of pull yourself out of that game and have a really good night. I mean, the Toronto game, the game before this was the perfect example where he was pretty bad for three quarters and then he plays probably the best individual defense he's played all season in the final quarter and hits a big three, gets a couple of free throws. This game, he comes back, it's, you know, wall-to-wall dom- dominate dominance from the first quarter. And I, I do think that when you're looking at those last two or three spots in the All-Star game, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if this is bias or not, but I just think it would be ridiculous if he's not an All-Star at this point. Like, he is better than De'Aaron Fox. He's better than... Aaron Gordon, like those guys play on better teams and they are big reasons why their team is a better team. But I don't know how coaches who are going to be the ones, you know, selecting and he's not, obviously not going to make the fan vote because he's not, no, not as good as Austin Reeves. Right? No, I was about to say he's not Austin <laughs> Reeves. So what can we expect? Uh, uh, but, but he went, these coaches are game planning for him every single night. Like you're telling me Mike Malone, who I know didn't coach the other night against uh, Denver, but you're telling me that they who that coaching staff who didn't who went into the game with a plan to double Anthony Edwards every time he touched the ball doesn't think that he's an all-star level player. Like, you know, the the coaches, I, I think it's a good thing. Like I've said before in the past with Carl Anthony Towns, I think it's a good thing when the vote is left up to the coaches to get one of these players in because the coaches don't care about small markets. Like the coaches don't care about national media perspective the coaches are the guys who has to who have to try and stop anthony edwards every night and right now they can't like they are trying to stop him and they're not doing a very good job of it so i do think that he probably will get in i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't because you know the minnesota Timberwolves often don't get that kind of luck but to me he's an all-star like i said the consistency every night the defensive uptick when it needs to happen we would like to see the defensive uptick you know, throughout 48 minutes of every game, but he seems to be turning the Jets on when he needs to do it. And I just think he's been awesome, man. Like this team's, I don't know what they are right at this second, but I think they're the sixth seed as we sit here and speak. I was so I was just looking at it. They're, I guess, tied for six with the Warriors. They're placed behind them. I don't know if there's tiebreakers, right. but Warriors, but, well, yeah. Yeah, we sure. could say that they are in a playoff spot and they've right, missed for sure. their best player or their second, Carl Anthony Towns, their franchise player. <laughs> for, what, 27 games now. Rudy Gobert has probably missed 10 of these games that Anthony, since Carl went down. I mean, Anthony Edwards is carrying a franchise to a playoff spot right now. So 
I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be why he should be deducted points for not being a a really good team because right now he's probably taking a team with a you, lot of injuries and a lot a of bad team afloat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like some of the lineups that are out there on any given night, like Luka Garza is getting legitimate rotation minutes Nate Knight who was awesome tonight is getting legitimate rotation minutes like you know this guy's carrying some some legitimate G League guys to wins and I think that should be rewarded I agree and yeah I do want to talk about the Nate Knight Garza center rotation here in a bit but on Edwards Mm -hmm. like I completely agree my biggest thing this year has been what you said but just like in the bad games he's not scoring eight points he's scoring 19 22 it's yeah. like, I, I don't know if you're a big Vikings guy, but you watch Justin Jefferson, you kind of just look up in the third quarter, he's got eight catches for 120 yards. You're like, I like I didn't even know he was having that good of a game. Like, it's just, just the new normal for super emerging superstars like Edwards. Like, you look up tonight, he's got 35, and it's like, oh, okay, like, he's about to hit 40. That's awesome. Like, and that's what the great players, yeah, like, that's exactly. what Jason Tatum does, yep. and that's what, you know, the, the other so great consistent. wins of the league. Yeah. yeah, you just get used to it. It's, it's just, like, sweet, this is awesome, and he's been... He's been playing to win and it's been working. Like, I don't know. There's some guys that will just stack up their numbers, but they're not really making a winning impact with Ant. He's doing it on both ends. And I mean, like you said, he's kind of carrying this team to a 500 record. Cause if he's not playing like he is, I mean, I don't think the Jalen Noel and uh, Luca Garza duo is exactly <laughs> yeah. carrying this team yeah. right now. So no, I'm with you. He's been wonderful. Of course he's had some help. Like Jade McDaniels has been, defensively all all nba defense and i mean they've had help out there for sure but ant for sure carrying the bulk of it but you know you mentioned the centers on this team and it's been intriguing to watch at least with gobert out like you don't know what the rotation is going to be of course nas reed's starting but then in the fourth quarter it's all nate knight occasionally of luca garza for a quarter and he i mean he can be like Jalen noel sometimes man with his yeah he's just just beat Jalen noel yeah (laughs) just like I th- mean, like Nate, Nate Knight's like that as well. Shot clock, like, yeah, like he's chucking a three and might go in. It's just crazy, man. There, yeah, it's strange. I am on team. Like, I like to see these guys play because I like developing these. They're not prospects, but just like I don't know, guys that could be a seventh or eighth guy on a team if they develop properly. And it's tough because when everyone's healthy, you know, you're probably not playing these guys. So, are they? Does it? makes sense in the long run it's it's just a tough situation when gobert goes out and then you see a nice glimpse of a guy like nate knight and you think could he be the backup power forward and he just disappears for a month after this and yeah. it's just i don't know it's tough stuff maybe the trade deadline solves some stuff with a guy like nas reed or something but who of the three okay I, because I know you're not that big of a Nas Reed fan, right? I'm not I'm not I'm not I probably like <laughs> I mean I've got I've gotten higher on him throughout the season because he's been mostly really good for this season and i would you still rank him first of the three backup centers yeah well i think he's probably the most consistent of the three like i think you kind of know what you're going to get with nas it could also just be a volcano eruption though yeah (laughs) yeah like i don't think if you played if knight or gaza got 18 minutes a night every game i think most games they would probably be a negative with the occasional games where they play like Knight did tonight or where like Luca did, I think last week in one of those games, he played really well. But Nas, I think you kind of know that he does, you know, A, B and C really well. He He's a really good role man. He's a really good finisher around the rim. 
he can shoot threes and he is athletic and I think more experienced, uh, probably a higher basketball IQ than Gaza and and Knight, purely probably from just playing more minutes over his career. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay if you if he is your energy guy off the bench. Like if Nas Reed is your energy guy off the bench, I think I'm fine with that. I just think that when he is a starting center, which this team didn't sign up for him to be a starting center. Like they've got yeah, two barely in the rotation, got, right? Yeah, they've got two forty million dollar centers on their <laughs> roster. So I don't think it's really bad roster construction. I just think that injuries have forced their hand. But when you look at him as a starter, especially against big bigs like Nikola Jokic, who dominates everyone, but even Shendun tonight, like he was unplayable Walker in Kessler. this game. Yeah, Walker Kessler, who's just tall, like he has some pretty like obvious flaws, Nas Reed. And if he plays 35 minutes a night, then those flaws will get exposed. So I am not in favor of any of them playing 35 minutes a night, ideally. <laughs> but I think if you're going to give 15 minutes to a guy, I would prefer it to be Nas Reed. But like you said, I'm not a massive Nas Reed fan because I prefer my centers to be, I think, bigger and probably better defensively, especially on this roster construction. I think Nas would probably go to another team where they have a really good defensive bench unit or they have a really good even defensive starting five and he could be a much better player or a much more consistent player. But better on this fit. team... You yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit of fit. Yeah. So I, th- I think on this team, you do need uh, more defenders, more rim protectors, more rebounders, which is, you know, it was really obvious again in this game. And he doesn't really fit that mold. But I mean, I can't hate on Nas Reed anymore. I used to get told a lot that I'm a Nas Reed hater, but he's been a lot better this season. So I'll give him the props for that. But yeah, he was bad in this game. Like it's a weird game to talk about it because he didn't, I don't, did he play a minute in the second half? Maybe one minute. I I know at least for sure, not the fourth quarter. I assume he would have started the third, right? I think he got a foul early in the third, a dumb, a dumb foul, which is kind of his knack. And (laughs) I think Finch might've just benched. I think Nate Knight might've played. 23 yep. straight minutes or something to finish that game. So I don't think Finch knows any more than we do on who he would like to be out there. I mean, yeah, we were talking about it. I do the post game live streams, but he really, at least with that rotation, it's certainly not said it's just ride with the hot hand. Like we, yeah, even a few game, times with Luca like Garza, right? I, I'm a big fan of just riding with the hot hand. We, yeah, it's something we saw at even the beginning of the season. Like this is maybe a weird example now, but like when Nas Reed would come in and just be the energy guy and just. Hmm terrible boring like no heart games over gobert and towns and then the closing unit comes in it's the same starting five and they just blow the lead and it's like but Nas had 19 and like 20 i don't know you know he'd be just be going yeah. crazy and it's like yeah. right with the hot hand and now they two 40 million dollar centers aren't there you know force of course they i get it they have to close they're the 40 yeah. million dollar guys but now that it's picking between Nas, Luca, Knight. I love rolling with the hot hand. I have no problem with that at all. It makes sense. And it's rewarding, again, rewarding marginal prospects, rewarding guys who are literally fighting for their jobs every time they get on the court. So yeah. I love it. I mean, do you disagree? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's the right idea. Like, I don't think either of them are good enough to, right. you know, pigeonhole into minutes without giving other guys a, a shot because end of the day, if, if Luka Garza is hitting his threes and playing really well, then you give him the minutes. If Nate Knight is bringing all the energy and the and the 
kind of ball denial in the post like he was in this game and more more effort on the rebounding side of things than you play him. And if Nas Reed is dominating offensively like we've seen him do and bringing a bunch of energy to the offense, then you play him. And it's I don't think you're not paying any of them $40 million. You don't feel the need to play them. I just think that you just kind of roll with the hot hand, like you said. Absolutely. I'm going to yeah, turn I mean, this light on because I look like I'm in like grayscale here. There's a weird day outside. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Now I don't I, look so I was As you were I was, talking, I was thinking like, is he getting more gray? Like you look like a skeleton. For a you have no, gray yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like sunny, but it's also like overcast. And I'm like, I'm looking more gray. I look like I have no color in my face. <laughs> Like, yeah, just, someone, someone's uh, gonna call the you know nine one one. I was, I was ready for like comments, like what is this duo? Because like I got the background lights. <laughs> All right, but I'm no, back. I don't feel good. so self conscious while I'm speaking, and no. you know, I'm back. At least with this, like you know, people don't focus on the video. It's all about what we're saying, and yeah. Well, my version of this sense. will be on a podcast. So if you're listening to this uh, on my podcast, then just know that you're probably lucky that you are just listening. <laughs> I look super weird on the camera. Yeah, um, absolutely with you. All right, that's the backup backup center talk for today. And that's always a fun topic. I, I enjoy that's always that. a good idea of how injured the roster is when we're talking backup fifth, fifth string centers. <laughs> no, it's 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 a good point to be at. And I guess a question I literally just thought of, and I've seen this thrown around on Twitter, and I wanted to ask you if you were like ranking most. I want to just talk about a completely different player, like most important player to not see on an injury report. How important to you is Kyle Anderson on that list? Kyle Anderson's my favorite player. (laughs) Like he was really bad in this Rockets game. So it's again, another weird time to talk about how really, really good he is. But (laughs) like, he is awesome, man. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with him when Cat gets back. It seems like that might be, a while, yeah. so it's nope, probably we don't have to a worry bridge. About that. Yeah, it's might be a bridge that they don't have to cross for a little bit, but he is just he's like what you would envision if you're thinking about a glue guy around a bunch of high usage star level players. Like he, he is a point guard, he's a power forward. Tonight he played a bit of center. He passes, he shoots, which is the probably the biggest surprise packet of the season is that he <laughs> yes. is still a forty percent three point shooter. Um, he gets to the rim, he defends his ass off. Like he is just a really, really good player. And I didn't think that anyone would be able to come in and kind of fill the void, not in the same way, but fill the void of Jared Vanderbilt, where it's like this guy kind of does a little bit of everything that the team needs at yep. any given point. They're very different players, obviously, just but professional type player. Yeah. And, and energy guys, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a different type of energy. Vandos was kind of yeah. like that red like bull energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. whereas Anderson is like the calm energy that this team, I think, needs because they 100%. kind of play they kind of play erratic all the time. And erratic can be good, but erratic can also be really, really bad. So... Yeah, but it's not like... Needs... Right, it's not like calm, like Jaden McDaniels calm, you know? It's like... Because he's still... Do, I don't know, he's celebrating. It's, adult. it's big... just an adult I, Yeah, exactly, calm. exactly. It's hard to put into words, but it's a good way to put it. Yeah, like they need it's like, it's almost like a grand a grandpa. It's just like <laughs> sage. He's a sage player, and I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoy watching him. I think in the three or four games before this one, 
he was like playing out of his mind. Almost triple double yeah. in every single Almost one. Almost triple, yeah, triple like, double. Yeah, like getting up towards fifteen. I think he had twenty points in the game against Toronto. He he kept them in that game for long stretches during the first three quarters when they were really really bad. Um, so I, I mean, I don't have enough praise for Kyle Anderson. I think that he's game is going to age really well so i don't see a reason why they would have to move on from him or even you know nope. not consider re-signing him after next season when his contract runs out i just think that he was the perfect pickup and they probably could have run it back with just kyle anderson and, and then not the joe bear <laughs> trade and we would have been really happy but maybe throw even rivers with, in there but ugh. yeah even with the Joe Bear trade, I think he's just been a perfect fit for this team. And since Carl, just a lifesaver without without Carl there for what's going to end up probably being like 50 games or something. So uh, it's it's he's been a really good pickup and a really important piece. I still think he's pretty close to leading the team in, in on-off numbers. I know J-Mac is up there, but he hasn't played for a long time. Yeah, fake numbers uh, for J-Mac at this point. Come on. Yeah, yeah, l- yeah. <laughs> Small sample size weirdness for J-Mac. But uh, I think him and, and Jaden are pretty much the, the, the trio of players that, you know, the, the Timberwolves win their minutes when those three guys are on the floor. So I, I, I wish Carl was coming back for multiple reasons very soon, but I really yeah. would be curious to see what they did with Anderson, how many minutes he got, you know, if he played a lot of the three or if they, you know, maybe they make a trade with Russell at the deadline that isn't for a point guard. And it's just like Anderson and Jaden, non-traditional, Carl and Rudy, and just lean all the way into the weirdness. Cause I think he can just fit in any lineup really. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm not, not on board with that. I'll tell you that much. So, (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, maybe we'll talk deadline here in a minute, but Kyle Anderson, Absolutely, man. I have such a big fan. And I was thinking before the season, like there was a lot of Jalen Noel is going to be this team's sixth man. I was like, no, it's going to be Kyle Anderson. Of course, yeah. at this point, he's just starting games, but like huge addition. Tim Conley, like has he ever made a bad move? Like he is just, no, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> no, but Kyle Anderson, man, excellent pickup. He's here next year for sure under contract and then we'll see from there. But who? Man. Sorry, you just mentioned this, but right now with, you know, the, the way this team's been for right. since since Cat went down, who is their sixth man? Who would if someone said like, you know, you Gosh. go for the Tim, you support the Timberwolves, who who's their sixth man? Who would you say? Torian Prince. Torian Prince probably. But right. he's injured, right? Yeah, well now he is because of And course. he has been, I guess. So if yeah. I can't say Torian, is it still Noel? Yeah. Cuz Noel can be the sixth man or the 15th man on any given night. Rivers, maybe. Rivers, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, the answer. It, there's no set answer, really. No, there, there's it's certainly like the, not. Just like tune in on any given night, and you'll you yeah. can see who the sixth man is because it if changes. I had to pick like the starting five and then one bench guy, it would probably be Rivers. I, is when, it not? Is it Nas Reed? When Gobert's healthy. Okay, yeah, good point. When Gobert's healthy, I, I guess. <laughs> the health on this team, man. <laughs> they, they just have like, they just have like six not six ninth men. It's and crazy. Yeah, especially for how many times this offseason I said the Wolves have insane depth to just it's crazy. Well, I they mean, do when they don't because they have a lot of players who could probably be in a rotation, right? But not a lot of players who would be in the top seven of a rotation. I exactly. Think. Like they exactly. have a lot of you know like their eighth, center depth is crazy. We just talked about. Yeah, it. yeah, they have a lot of eighth to ten guys like. Like Nas Reed could definitely be in any rotation. Nate Knight could probably be in there. Like Austin Rivers is a good player. 
Jalen right. Noel is a good player, right. Torian, Torian Prince, but I don't think on a championship team any of those guys are playing 25 minutes a night. <laughs> are you calling this team not a championship team? Are you? Are you uh, hot, uh, yeah, well, I, did, I, I didn't think I'd come in here with all these hot takes, but here we are. <laughs> the, the Wolves are not a championship team, guys. I don't want to. Oh, I hope God. I don't get too much hate online for that. Oh, well, we got a few minutes left. I, I'd be. I just feel bad if I didn't ask about the trade deadline that's coming up here. And what's the exact date? February 9th, right? Am I nine? Yep. Yep. Feb- okay. Which is what? Three weeks, maybe two and a half weeks. Yeah, About 20 days or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. If you're in Tim. Con- All right. Is there, if you're Tim Conley, is there just any players that you're like, this guy needs to be traded? Crazy <sighs> setup here, by the I way. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a pretty obvious answer to that. I am. Again, not a huge D'Angelo Russell fan. I think he's been pretty good for shooting splits. Yeah, They'll shooting be splits. At you. Like he's a yeah, he's a weird, weird player. What's he, what did you say you have him? What's his shooting splits for the last? Their career highs. I know that for sure. But uh, is that across the entire season? Career highs. I think so because I know he started off so terribly. Man, he has yeah. been. I mean, he's been here. I got him pulled up. Thirty-seven percent from two. Fifty-five uh, percent. Or sorry. 37% from three, 55% from two, effective field goal percent, 55% of just overall field goal percentage, 46%, which is a career high for him. And they're good numbers. Like for a guy yeah. who's averaging, what, 18 or 19 points a game, something like that, like, like he's In not a bad player. Point, yeah. and, and, he, and I think he, most people who watch games can probably decipher that his numbers can be a bit tricky at times like he can have 20 points and you and you feel the impact of the things he does wrong maybe even more than any of those 20 points but then he has other nights where he can win you games like he's won he won them the game against toronto along with the defense but he was the reason why they even could play good defense in the last five minutes to win the game he won that game against utah he was really good in this game again against houston like he is a good basketball player who is out running out of contract. And that's yes. whether you like him or not, whether you're his, one of his stands or one of the guys <laughs> who just really, really hate him. Like he has to be in this. Trade it's more discussion. than just like he's shooting good, right? It's yeah, not it just, just like, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't playing? matter if he's, if they aren't going to resign him, yep. which there's a, probably an argument that maybe they should for a year. I if feel that's, like those bridges are burned though. I, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm I wrong. Think it, I think they would have already offered him a one-year deal. Like if they yep. if they are going to go and get Mike Conley or Kyle Lowry, I'd be shocked if they hadn't said, "Hey, how about you stay for one year, thirty million? Like, and he yep. obviously would. And and I wouldn't blame D'Lo for declining that deal because he probably wants to get long-term money. It's the last chance he might ever have to get long-term money if he signs a one-year deal and Chris Finch benches him again in the playoffs then he'll never sign for 30 million or for you know three years 80 million or something like that he'll never get that money again in his life so i don't think that delo is being a bad sport by not helping the timberwolves because you know if i had a chance to sign if i had a chance to make 80 million dollars i would do whatever i could could yeah. take it oh, so, he's not married to minnesota by any means yeah like. no no way so i i think both sides are in the right here yeah and, but the fact is that they're going to probably going to trade D'Angelo Russell in the next few weeks. And Gosh. I don't know what they are going to get back. I don't know. I, I think if he if they get back a better defender, they're probably going to improve. If they get back a guy with a lower usage, 
they'll probably improve once Carl Anthony Towns returns and kind of takes right, you know, sucks up that 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 usage vacuum that that um, D'Lo will leave. But I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if a, if a D'Lo trade will make them better right away. All I know is that they are out of options in terms of trading D'Angelo <laughs> Russell or keeping him. Like if he doesn't want right. to resign, then they have to trade him. And I'm super curious to see how it works out because other teams know that too. Other teams yeah. know like they've got to trade not, this guy. They're not going to get a ransom for him. No. Like I doubt that they would even get a first round pick for him because <clears throat> I don't know who would give up a first round. I like. I think the best case scenario would probably be that a contending team decides that having D'Angelo Russell for two months uh, on a, on a final year of his contract where they're going to, they can clear that cap space at the end of the season and he can probably come off the bench and give them, you know, 13 a night is the best option. They might give up a first round pick and a role player, you know, like a, a or a couple of role players that they're not playing like a Milwaukee or something. I don't foresee that happening, but <laughs> it's the most uh, ideal. Yeah, it's the most ideal. I mean, the I don't even know. I don't even know. Apart from Conley and Lowry, I don't really know what other names. I don't really have right. interest no, I, in any. I can in, ask, like, who are they going to get for Dila? Like, I have no idea. I just know that they yeah, kind of have I think, to And I don't on. think they have any idea yeah. either. Like, I don't think they... Nothing is, think, like, happening tonight. Like, they don't... Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. It's a strange it's, situation. Yeah. Who are, Do you think anyone else gets traded? I would not be surprised at all if Nas gets traded, because I don't think they're re-signing yeah. him. Do you? Yeah. I mean, there's they, a lot of they no. Can't. I don't think they are. No, they, they could probably get ten mil. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. They could definitely get at least the MLE. I think. Yeah. Like, I don't. They just. It would just be malpractice to sign any other centers to long term money. Oh, and Nas Reed's not. Why would he? Why would he want to? He's yeah, not I playing think you, over. You take whatever, whatever little, um, you know, on court hit that you have to take from downgrading to say Nate Knight or Luca Garza for that third stringer. Right. Compared to the, to the bonus you'd get from not, yeah. From not having to pay five centers, a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the goal is to play Towns and Rudy, of course. And Nas is a nice third, but yeah, he's going to get. And why would he stay? That's exactly. He he wouldn't resign. (laughs) No, no, he's not resigning. Jalen Noel might be a name that you know right. pops around, depending on he's you know not some GMs. Get paid, though. No, he's the not Wolves get could paid. get him on some bargain if they wanted to, but maybe they might just... yeah. But that's uh, he's the kind bargain. of guy that it wouldn't surprise me if if a GM somewhere really liked his game, you know, and thought that, absolutely you know, that he could provide them value. So maybe you get a couple of second rounders, or maybe you can get a late first rounder if you package all three of those guys to somewhere. Like I don't think that we're going to be sitting here on Feb 10th and saying that the, the Wolves kind of made out like bandits in the trade deadline because I don't really think they have much leverage with any no. of these deals. Certainly not. But I would, I think they make moves. I really, I would be yeah. shocked if Delo's here. Yeah. I think it's time. Same with Nas. I think that those two might be packaged, but I guess, it, I don't know, a good GM might flip Nas just because of the expiring contract but also towns out a lot to take into account it's a strange situation there i think there's a chance that if you trade nas you know and you have to play nate night say 22 minutes a night like you might get a lot worse because of that but yeah at the end end of the day you've got garza though like you have two mediocre dudes that at the end of the day you've got they're probably not both going to be terrible on any given night Right, and at the end of the day, you've got what five five years of Carl Anthony Towns, at least another three, probably of Rudy. Like, I don't think that 
losing, <laughs> I think <laughs> losing, you know, your backup center minutes by two points more every night is as important as just, you know, getting centers off your books so that you can retool in other areas. Yeah. And I guess we're about to wrap this up, but I, have you ever been more wrong about anything else than the Gobert trade? I don't remember how positive you were, but oh my God, dude, it haunts me with how positive I was on the Rudy Gobert trade. I was like, 50 wins is the floor. Like, you can't not win 50. Dude, defense. Oh, God. I think, um, you know, some people in my life would probably agree that I don't like to admit that I'm wrong. So I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to start now. I, I said it was a great trade. And I, God damn it. I mean, I, I think we all knew it was an overpay. Of course, but we but we well, all they were supposed we were, to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we thought we were getting like, you know, the last eight Prime years of Rudy, of Rudy right. Gobert. I I do hold out hope that a he can get better just with Kemet. Like you know, building the Mike Conley thing that I know Dane Moore was talking about the other day, and I've read a couple of articles just from Utah Jazz sites from last season about how long it took Mike Conley to get adjusted with with um, Rudy. I think that. As much as I said D'Angelo Russell has been really good, I think he's really, really bad at getting Rudy the ball in pick and roll, which is surprising to me. I thought that would be, he'd be yeah. really, really good oh, at God. it. That but number two thing I was the most wrong about in my life. Yeah, the he just cannot, The amount of mid-range jumpers he takes when he could throw a lob is kind of wild. But like, if, if you get a different point guard, if you get him a full off-season next year without going and playing for France for three months, like... All of those things make me think that he could get better. It won't make the trade a good one, but like I do think <laughs> right. the Wolves can win. I still think the Wolves can be a 50-win team with Gobert on the roster, but it's not yes. going to be this season. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, that sucks. Because again, this was the most hyped up season that I've ever been a part of, and wow, yeah. it hurts. It is yeah. what it is, though. We're talking about it. We're having fun. Deadline's coming up. I'm sure we'll do, a sh- hopefully, a show before or maybe after yes. as well. Yes, for sure. That's, I think, a good idea. But yeah. Jake, thanks for coming on. It's always it's always fun. Of course, you know, I say 30, 30 minutes, we go 36. It's just how it goes around here. Yes, yes. It means we're Thank you. Fun it. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for dealing with this weird white <laughs> show going on from the sun in the background. I'm You'll sorry see, for everyone like, watching. Right now, you like, I can see your background, then, but in 10 seconds, it'll be completely yeah, I don't know what, like, I think the goes. sun must be going like behind a cloud and then back out of a cloud. So it's I appreciate stuff. you for dealing with that. I <laughs> promise I'm not in some weird, you know, acid Heaven. acid den or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, it's always good to have a talk with you, man. And, and we'll definitely get one of these in before the trade deadline or when oh, yeah. something of note happens and hopefully after as well. Beautiful. That'd be great. All right, man. See you later. Uh,